Welcome to Simple Kicking, the show by special teams for special teams. Simple Kicking provides football's latest special teams news, insights, and interviews with kickers, coaches, recruiters, and agents to give players the best chance of success on their career path. And now, your host, former Division I kicker for LSU and Rice University, James Harrison. Today is February 9th, 2021. Thanks for stopping by to hang out on the Simple Kicking Show. This SEC roundtable contains good times, but before we get into it, you must know about Big Game USA. Big Game manufactures footballs for many high school and college programs, and they make them right here in Dallas, Texas. Quick story. In 2011, number three Arkansas came rolling into Tiger Stadium to face the number one LSU Tigers. At a critical point in the game, our team needed a touchback. I'd been kicking with this football, and I had confidence that the ball would go where I wanted it to when I hit the sweet spot. So I only focused on my swing and the ball did the rest, traveling 80 yards against a strong breeze. To receive 10% off your order, please go to BigGameUSA.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click Kicker Footballs. Enter the promo code SIMPLEKICK2021. Again, that is SIMPLEKICK2021 for 10% off your kicking football order. Are you kicking the ball as far as you'd like? If not, and you're looking to improve your leg strength, check out the Alpha Project on Instagram or alphaprojectdallas.com I feel like we're both pretty talented physically in our abilities but mentally is what I grew the most in from coming to LSU to where I am now if you have the right process it's going to lead you to the results that you want but sometimes you can get like a good result but it's not going to be consistent because you didn't have the right process to get there LSU and Alabama have one of college football's most exciting rivalries. But on today's roundtable, the kickers from both schools are on the same team. Lee, hit the theme. Welcome to Simple Kicking with your host, James Harrison. We have an SEC West roundtable, kickers from LSU and the University of Alabama. This is Cade York and Will Reichard, and there's so much that we're going going to cover tonight that there's really no need to introduce you two cats. Y'all are two of the best kickers in college football. So this is a roundtable. Yeah, well, you know, you guys, you guys kick the, y'all kick the brown ball through the yellow pipes or uh, the white pipes if you're at Alabama. Actually, it's white at LSU too, so right well let's put it this way you guys are both really good at putting the brown ball through the white pipes (laughs) all right so this is a round table and the fun part about this is that we get to share stories so will i know you you went to hoover how did you go from hoover to alabama um it's kind of weird honestly i mean i was getting recruited by some um some schools early uh into my junior year and then kind of after Alabama made it to the national championship when they, they missed a few field goals in the national championship, um, they had just hired Coach Banks. And he, like, hit me up and was like, hey, I love signing in-state guys. Um, we need somebody. And was just, like, started the connection then. And then a couple of months later, he offered. And really something that I couldn't turn down because something, you know, school that's 45 minutes away from my house. And place that my whole family could come and watch me play very storied program so it was that's kind of how it went down it wasn't it was kind of you know as soon as they started talking I mean it's none of the other schools were really like that just because they were contacting before that but it was just like as soon as they hired him it was it was on dude but didn't you get a you got your scholarship early on correct I got my offer from there like uh, probably February of my junior year, uh, and I ended up committing like three months later. But they were like my third, third or fourth offer, and it, it was pretty much like they weren't pressuring me or anything. But I knew I just wanted to go there pretty much from as soon as they started talking to me. But I wanted to build a relationship with them first before I pulled the trigger. Okay, it is incredibly rare to get a full scholarship at the University of Alabama as a kicker. What kinds of things did Coach Saban say to you during recruiting? Uh, really just like I'd be able to come in and compete for the job right away. Um, yeah, a chance to, to be the be- be in the best program of all, probably of all time. Um, I mean, a lot of things that like he, he doesn't really have to speak for himself. Like 
when you're around them, you just like know that like, okay, this guy's different. Like, I have a chance to play for like the greatest college co- coach of all time. Like, why would I? And in, in ten years, you're gonna make a thirty for thirty about Coach Saban and his dynasty. Like, why would I not want to be a part of that type thing? So this summer, Kay joined a, a roundtable with some high school, you know, top ranked kickers, et cetera, and. Kate, for those that didn't get to hear your recruiting story, is yours pretty similar to to Will's? I would say not really. Um, I actually kind of joined pretty late. Um, by the time I joined into like the ranking stuff and the Coles, um, Will was already Will and like our buddy Caden and people like that were already pretty established. And actually, I'm pretty sure Will had already had an offer from LSU by the time I joined uh Coles and started going to like the ranking camps um it kind of was a hot start for me though because right in December of my junior year which was only my second camp I think is when me and Will got ranked the top two and uh that's when I started having some offers come in and LSU was my third offer I think and but that by that time that they offered me um Will had already committed to Bama and LSU Alabama and A&M were probably the three biggest schools um, for that our uh, recruiting class. So thought there was no point in turning it down and ended up being a pretty good choice in my opinion. So, so, so y'all have been kind of one and two. You're going back to since high school. Uh, ever since our junior year, I think. I think uh, after the December showcase for Coles, I got ranked number one. And then after the next one, it was Will was one, I was two, and I think it stayed like that until we graduated. Y'all have been number one and number two in recruiting and all that for the last couple of, of years going back to high school. Who's number one now? That's, that type of stuff's not really up to me to decide. I mean, I think his numbers speak for himself too. So he's had a lot more success in college so far than I have. Well, you guys are the reigning back-to-back national champions. I mean – I, I really shouldn't even be in this podcast because I, I'm the only guy in this room that's lost a national championship. I think we both had two very successful years, pretty different years. Um, I think he had a similar type of year to where that national championship type season where you your team is on fire and you get a ton of PATs, which is always nice to boost up your points per season and I mean, Will definitely helped him get where they were. Um, didn't miss a kick, which is impressive in anyone's book. Um, I know I hit a lot of long field goals this year, but the fact that Will hit what he hit wasn't up to him. He just made everything he's put in front of him. So you got to respect that. No, I mean, the, my team put me in a great spot pretty much all year. I mean, I think I only had one over 50. I think I only had like three over 40. So. I mean, I I got put in a very good spot. Probably one of the best snappers in the country. Mac was a great, great job for me. Team that people that blocked for me. I mean, we our offensive line won the Joe Moore Award. So I mean, I had the best guys blocking for me too. So I mean, they made my job a lot easier than it should have been. Are you as calm on the field as you are on this podcast? Oh, I mean, shoot, on the field. I didn't really get put in as many stressful situations as Kay did. I mean, guy hit a game winner from like 57, 58 yards. So I wasn't really in that spot. But I would like to think that if I was in that spot, I would be. But I guess you never know till you get there. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about let's talk about some stress though, dude. You overcame some some injuries. Right. Yeah. I mean, even at the beginning of this year, I was still kind of dealing with it at the beginning of the season. Um, I didn't I didn't start kicking off until like fall camp just because like my body wasn't ready yet. I really didn't start hitting full field goals until like May. So it was it was a I mean, I've been through injuries before when I was in high school. I tore my ACL, so I was out for a while, but this was definitely probably hard to come back from just because like when you tear an ACL, like you have a brace and like you go through all these tests to like show that you're ready and whatnot. But like with the, when I tore my hip, like I tore it twice. So after that, there was like, there's, there's no test to see if like you're ready to kick, like scared. Cause if you go out and like swing too hard, it might happen again. So 
that was pretty hard to overcome, but I think more of it was mental than it was physical. I think my body was ready, but when I was starting to come back from it, most of it was like, I just got to get over this mental block. How much is your, of your kicking is mental? Um, A lot of it. I try not to make it like too mental because like, I feel like sometimes you can get into your head too much. So like normally when I go on the field, I just like tell myself, do your job. And that's something that Coach Saban like preaches all the time for every position is just doing your job. Don't worry about anything else. Just do your job. And so whenever I go out onto the field, that's kind of my mentality. Is that what Coach O says? He says it in a much different way. Uh, can't repeat word for word what he says to us sometimes, but it involves telling us to go on the field, kick the ball, get on the sideline, and shut up, is what he says. <laughs> so basically, if I'm doing my job, he doesn't have to say much to me. So he starts talking to me, then there's a problem. Well, both of you guys didn't have many problems over the last couple of years. Uh, I'd say definitely uh, freshman season. Um, I don't know if Will can 100% agree with me on this, but mentally was – I feel like we're both pretty talented physically in our abilities, but mentally is what I grew the most in from coming to LSU to where I am now. Um and just learning things about how to handle mental game and not even the fact that getting nervous for me, it wasn't getting nervous for me. It was almost getting lackadaisical in the head and you'll fit You'll hit a ball. And then once you're done with the rep, it's like, what just happened there? Like it was almost like a brain fart. Um, and I know I had that happen a couple of times to where I got to a point where some of my, like Zach, the punter and, even Blake, the snapper that's with the Dolphins now, um, helped me with some things like to go through my head while I'm kicking or when I'm about to kick to not leave space of like blank, like blank spaces to always have something that you're thinking about and that it's like something you do every single time to where it leaves no blank spaces to just wander and have negative thoughts or even just like forget where you are kind of because it gets to the point where you do it so much that it's almost – it's like when you're driving for a really long time and you kind of just like space out. And uh, that's one of the biggest things that changed from halfway through my freshman season to where I am now. Cause I feel like one big thing is like when you get recruited to a school like this, your leg talent is pretty much already where it should be at most of the time. Um, you still get better going through college and hopefully on your way to the NFL, but like a lot of the guys that are at the top of our class had leg talent as maybe even some guys at the top of the college kicking and even some of the guys in the NFL. But, but the biggest thing that changed is being able to repeat it and have the mental game to not fall apart. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. So let's let's make let's get let's get nerdy here real quick. This is Cade York, who's a kicker for LSU. 2019 national champion and will reichard who's the alabama kicker 2020 national champion Cade, in your freshman year you were 7.63 points better than expected you made 20 out of 26 field goals okay the way that that formula came about is real simple if you have a 50 percent chance of making a 50-yard field goal, okay? And a field goal is worth three points. Half of three is how many points? 1.5. If you make the kick, you performed 1.5 points better than expected, right? Mm -hmm. I did that for both of you guys. Cade, your freshman year, you were 7.63 points better than expected. Your sophomore year, you were 13.86 points better than expected. That's how many points you – and what's the difference? You improved by 6.21 points year over year. That's like Michael Jordan averaging 30 points his rookie season and then 35 points his next season. I don't know about comparing me to Michael Jordan, but thank you. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Why not though? I mean, it's this. This is impressive stuff. Fine. Let's. How about Luka Doncic? Right. You're both young guys. Yeah, let's 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 do Luca. This is like Luca Doncic averaging 21 points his rookie season, and last season where he was All NBA, he averaged 28 points or more. So you're telling me that that 6.21 improve six that two field goal improvement comes down to the mental game? Yes, 100. Um, it's honestly the worst thing for me. Which is honestly, my freshman year, my worst thing was PATs. I had the worst mindset about it. If I went into the season, okay, college kickers should never miss PATs. Um, and then you're doing well. You, I start off seven for seven. I'm like, okay, this is this is easy. And I go out there, and it's just like a brain fart. Like, whoa, what just happened? And you just for like you basically the whole rep was a blur, and you don't remember anything about it, and you can't even necessarily tell yourself what you did wrong in this situation. And now coming into my sophomore season and even the later half of my freshman season, every rep, even if I make it, miss it, I come onto the sideline, I'm like, okay, either very rarely do you hit your best ball in a game. But if it's an A plus ball, I'm like, okay, I like that one. It's like an A minus ball, okay, I like it, but this was off. Cause you just remember things better about it. And then even on the bad ones, okay, this is what was off. And I'm able to fix it and not miss two in a row. I feel like the most important thing about a kicker is never missing twice in a row. So this is against Auburn. This is at Jordan Hare. You are hitting a – this is a 51-yard attempt from the left middle, and I don't know which end zone that is, but you got the sun in your face. Walk me through what you're thinking. Uh, I actually didn't miss this one. This is the one I made after the 54 I missed. Um, I have – this saying where when I miss, I get kind of, I don't get necessarily frantic or like worried about missing again. I more get pissed off and kind of prideful. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to miss again kind of thing. Um, so usually after a miss is when I start hitting my best. Um, when I got for this one, I think there was like three seconds left for halftime and we're down 21-0 and we need something to kind of boost the confidence and get the team rolling. Um, so I kind of on this one, I kind of just went out there and just said, screw it, like, just go out. It's a 51-yard field goal. You miss a 54. Um, it's not an easy field goal, but just, like, you can't go out there with a scary mindset. Kind of a little – little shoulder swag right there before you before you went to hit that ball yeah my mom says it looks like i do a little dance um i don't know where it came from i kind of have random things i'll add to my routine and by the end of the season she said it looked like <laughs> i was dancing before i kicked so you, you I, I bring that up for a reason dude you you said look i, I don't miss two kicks in a row I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but that's definitely like something i pride myself in is working to never miss two kicks in a row because that just shows that you can bounce back. Because then if you miss two kicks in a row, that's when people say, oh, he has the yips. No, he just missed two kicks. Like, it happens. But I pride myself in being mentally strong enough and good enough to know that what just happened on that last rep isn't a normal thing. The normal thing for you to do is put it to the upright. So just do that. Well, when you look at this spray chart, this is, uh, this is your game against Georgia. What does this tell you? Some people would say that's my best game just because, I mean, I hit that 52 right before half. But honestly, I mean, my first field goals from, like, left hash almost pushed it right. Snuck, like, if it would have been a few yards further back, I would have missed it. Um, and then the, the, the long one kind of came across a little bit. But, um, you know, definitely – the goal is always to put it through no matter what it looks like. But, I mean, those are two two close ones that I got away with for sure. Mac Jones was quoted saying, you're a pretty straight the, straight down the line kicker. You work really hard at it. What you see is what I you get. we got the ball back with like less than a minute left in the half. And our long snapper, Thomas Fletcher, came up to me and he was like, hey, 
we're probably going to try to get a field goal right here before half. And I was like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can get one in. So we ended up getting in range. And I remember we ran on the field and there was not a returner back at that time. We That was one thing that we, we got yelled at for because nobody covered. But they, Coach Kirby Smart ended up trying to ice me. And I don't know if you all know this, but um, their special teams coordinator, Coach Cochran, was our strength coach last year. Me and him were pretty close. And I just saw, like, you know, Coach Coach Smart recruited me pretty hard. And I knew our team needed, needed a boost. Um, so I was like, the only thing in my head was, you know, put this down the pipes. We're about to go into halftime um, and just swing for the fences. And if, if you miss left, you miss left. But try to give our team some momentum and, and put it through. And I, that was the first time I've ever been iced before. And, you know, in high school, when you, you like go to your kicking coach, it's always like, you know, when you get iced, make sure you do some, some dry swings and stuff and keep your head right. But for me, it was just like, you know, if he wants to ice me, he can ice me, but I'm still going to go out there and try to put it through. Like he can ice, he, if he had three timeouts, he can call them all, but I'm still going to try to do my job. So there's kickers that are in high school right now, guys, that, you know, they're being recruited by coaches. It sounds like the coach that you had recruiting you pretty hard was now the opposing head coach and the opposing special teams coordinator. Right. Yeah, no, that was that was kind of weird because, like, our whole team loved Coach Cochran. And, um, but, you know, we we all wanted to, to make sure that we beat Georgia, uh, number one, because it was a big game. But, you know – him being a, a part of their staff was, you know, another thing that I think kind of motivated us a little bit. Okay, have you ever had issues kicking at Alabama? Just that that stadium's not exactly kicker friendly. I played there twice. This is not an easy kick. Oh no, not for sure not. Um, I know when we played there last year, um, or I guess it's two years ago now. Um, I felt like one side was easier than the other. I think the one he's, I'm, I don't know the stadium well enough, but. I think the side with the student section was a little bit easier than the one. I think that's the one he's kicking to the other end, which I struggled with one of the kicks that I had there too. I hit a 45 pretty short and snuck it through. Um, I say more of a, I wouldn't say it's a hardy stadium I kicked in, but it's definitely like intimidation factor wise. One just being at the University of Alabama where there's honestly a history of kickers struggling, one. And two, just you know that fan base has history of struggling with kickers and when a kicker doesn't do well, they don't like them kind of thing. All that added pressure, I'm sure, amounts to a lot. Um, I wouldn't say it's the hardest, like, learning the wind and, like, playing the wind and stuff like that wise stadium, but there's definitely an intimidation factor there. This is uh, Cade York and Will Reichard, the kickers for LSU and Alabama, respectively. I myself am a former LSU kicker, so we're going to kind of beat up on, on Will in here. We're going to gang up on him two-on-one. Um, <laughs> did they ever talk to you guys about, you young boys, you young men, about the uh, Alabama-LSU game in 2011, the 9-6 to six game? a couple of times. <laughs> uh, I remember they played a video watching before. it at my house. Yeah, I was, I was rooting for LSU back then, honestly. That game, it's something every November 5th, I always think about it, and, and this is why. That game was all field goals. There was not a touchdown scored in the game. It was it, it was known at that point as the game of the century, and I think what – Will, you were injured when it was pretty much game of the century part two in 2019, right? right? Okay, so pack in that kind of – that emotion, which was – what was that electric for you guys in 2019? I mean, that was number one versus number two, right? I remember that game being. I mean, I was on the sideline in New Jersey, and I remember like telling our like players and coaches, I was like, I just want to play in this game. Like, if I could do whatever I could to be healthy right now, I could or I would. But I remember being on the sideline like in the second half, and that place was insane. Like, I've never heard a stadium get that loud. It was it was absolutely ridiculous. It was rocking there. That was probably the most exciting game of my career, or up there at least. Oh, dude, it was totally exciting. How many first-round picks have been on that, that field? 
Yeah, there was – jeez. Well, there was like 13 in that game probably. The electricity that you guys felt, the cool part is like I've, I've, I have felt that before. Um, and I think that's something that's pretty unique that all of us, you know, on this podcast w- that we share uh, is just the absolute insanity that, that occurs in, in, the, in this stadium in these moments. Um, the cool thing about this, this, this kicker was Jeremy Shelley. Um, Will, you're like the first kicker to like be really as consistent and as highly regarded as him. And that's, you know, been a, a, a pretty long time coming. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely something that like really motivated me. Even, I mean, even when I first came in and I kind of struggled my freshman year before I got hurt. Um, that was something that even going into this year, like it was pretty motivating to where I wanted to be like, I mean, that was something that when I committed, I was, that was a goal of mine is to kind of like change the culture of, of kicking in Alabama. And I mean, that's something that's a career thing. It's not just like one or two years of, of kicking. So, but that definitely was a, a big goal of mine coming into college. So we're watching a highlight of the 2011 LSU versus Alabama, the nine to six game. And what we're the reason why we're bringing this up and we're talking about wanting to play in big games is, you know, there's nothing like playing in in a stadium like Bryant Denny. There's nothing like playing in a stadium like Tiger Stadium in this rivalry with you know this amount of history, especially from the kicking perspective. And you two are literally number one and number two of current NCAA kickers because you guys have performed such so well. I mean, Will, you didn't miss a kick this year. Uh, and I think the reason why you were overlooked was just because you didn't have as many kicks as these other guys, right? Like, there, there's no reason why you shouldn't have been, you know, at least second team all SEC. But Anders Carlson is awesome, too. So I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody. But, you know, Will, you performed 12.6 points better than expected right I mean like you said you only had one kick over 50 yards we just showed it it was that 52 yarder but what you guys have done is totally remarkable I appreciate that I mean that was something that kind of our special teams coach was telling me throughout the season he was like look don't get upset that like you're not getting all these attempts but I mean we have one of the best offenses of, of all time you know you think of our offense from this year, LSU's offense from last year. Um, I mean, the offense is just like, it could be third and 15, you're ready to go kick a field goal. And, you know, we, we get an unbelievable first down and end up scoring. So, I mean, it wasn't really something I was frustrated with at all because I want what's best for our team. And if that's me kicking eight PATs every game and that helps us win, then, I mean, I'm more than happy to do that. But, um, I mean, I think that, our offense was – I mean, that's one of the reasons – the main reasons why we won this year is because our offense was so good. So, it wouldn't be right for me to sit here and be like, I wish I had more attempts and wish our offense didn't score as many points because that's the reason why we were so successful. You remember how you were talking earlier, like you wish you could have played that LSU-Alabama game in 2019? If someone would have told you that you were going to have the success that you're having now or the season that you had, what would you tell um, honestly, that person? I would be a little surprised, but uh, not all that surprised. I mean, my freshman year, if you look at the stats, um, by by all means, it, it wasn't a great year in the, the four games that I played before I got hurt. But um, I was like four for seven on field goals, missed a PAT. But three of those – or see, I missed four kicks. Three out of those four misses were off the uprights. So, you know, sometimes stats don't – say as much as the like what actually happened um but i think if anyone would have told me that i wouldn't have missed a kick all year i wouldn't have believed them i mean that's always something that you dream about as a kicker i like you know i don't want to miss a single field goal all year i mean that's something that everyone would, would like to have and um i was fortunate to be put in a good spot all year and um made the kick so so do you do you guys get to talk much throughout the season like I've, I always like to ask these questions on these roundtables. I mean, you guys, are y'all, are y'all friends outside of, outside of, you know, Saturdays playing against each other once um, a year? We have a, we actually have a group message on Snapchat with all of our buddies that were some of the top guys in our class that 
when any of us make like big plays or have big games coming up or we're playing against each other, we all send messages and stuff like that. Um, I mean, we stay pretty busy respectively throughout the season. So it's not like a, a weekly basis, like catching up with each other, but it's always pretty friendly when we meet up and we'll talk of the games for a while. And I know after the band again this year, I mean, we were on the, probably the last two on the field talking for an extra like five, 10 minutes. Um, so it's all, we're all pretty good buddies and it's a good relationship between everyone and there's no bad blood or anything. And it's pretty cool community of kickers between us. All right, so we're going to play a little game here. Either or. All right? So each one of you guys will give me your answer. I'm just interested to know what you guys enjoy more. All right, we'll start with this. Chocolate or vanilla? Ice vanilla. cream. Coca-Cola or Dr. Pepper? Oh, that's hard. I'd say Coke. Yeah, I think I kind of switched into Coke during college. I don't drink it too much, but I used to be a Dr. Pepper guy. Nike or Adidas? Nike. Nike. No doubt. Uh, <laughs> Under Armour or I'm Nike? Still Nike. Nike. Who's the GOAT? Tom Brady or Michael Jordan? I'd say both of them. I can't pick. I can't pick. I don't even know you compare that. Okay. Here's another one. Tiger Woods or Tom Brady? I'm playing a lot of golf lately. I'm going to say Tiger Woods. Throw a touchdown pass or run a touchdown? Run a touchdown. It's been my dream to score a touchdown. I want one of those old uh, LSU fakes next year. One of the the flips over the head. That'd be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd love to I'd love to run one, but no way it ever happened. Coach, I do have a pretty good arm though. I could throw one Coach, too. Coach Saban isn't really about that kind of thing. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Here's a, here's a hard question. Let's not let's not let's not be biased. Okay. Let's let's try to be objective. The 2019 LSU offense or the 2020 Alabama offense? Man, 2019 LSU is honestly really good. Like definitely up there. But I mean, I feel like we played in an all SEC schedule, which I mean, obviously, even if. We didn't, or even if LSU 2019 played all SEC, they would still be very elite. But I feel like that gives us a little bit of an of an upper edge, you know. How does that give you an upper edge, though? We played all SEC the same amount of games, and then played but, like Texas too. I mean, we played, I guess, ten or eleven SEC games. You only played nine. That is a little bit of a difference. Okay, and we. This year we played like I think they did a stat of like how many teams are in the SEC. Fourteen. We played like not including ourselves. It'd be thirteen. We played the top eleven out of the thirteen SEC teams this year. Okay, but then if you look at the SEC rankings this year, you see that the SEC West like had like Auburn wasn't ranked, LSU wasn't ranked, uh, who else wasn't ranked, and then. I know he was ranked. A lot of people weren't ranked this year. The SEC was stacked last year. I don't know. I'm just going to say it's a tie. I'm going to say it's a tie. No, it's definitely tough. The SEC kicking talent, the SEC kicking talent was, was stacked, y'all. The SEC kicking talent was stacked this year. What happened this year? <laughs> Anders Carlson at Auburn. Dude, he was money. Harrison Mevis, freshman, uh, who are you coming out of nowhere? Evan McPherson, baller. Jack Podlesny, baller. Yeah, it was elite for sure. I mean, I remember watching all these guys in warm-ups, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Even the Mississippi State kicker, he was, he's really good, too. Ruiz. I remember watching warm-ups. Yeah, and I was like, geez. He was good. That was really good. Yeah, in warm-ups, do you all ever look at each other, like, you know, looking at other kickers that are on the other team, you're like, dude, honestly, that guy's so much better than me. I'm happy I don't have to compete against him. <laughs> I usually try not to pay attention to it too much, but – no, sometimes it, yeah, I don't know if I ever think that. that. I definitely think that some guys give me a run for my money, but um, I don't think I don't think I ever go into thing. I don't ever really believe someone's better than me, other than maybe like Justin Tucker and Harrison Butker at the moment. But um, in college, I believe I can compete with just about anyone. Well, that definitely shows because Cade, your season this year over the last four years. There's been a ton of kickers, right? And I looked at every single one of those seasons. 
This is a total of 10,783 kicks, okay? And out, and there was 7,933 7, that were made of, of those kicks. You had the number nine all-time kick or in the last four years. Statistical kicking season, dude. And Will... And and that's beca- and that's based on expected points scored. Uh, here's the guys that are in front of you, Cade. Tyler Bass, Georgia Southern, now at Buffalo. Jose Borregales, Miami, likely going to get drafted. Andre Schmidt, who won the R- Lou Groza. Sam Sloman, who was with the L.A. Rams. Cole Tracy had the number four best statistical season. Um. Uh, when you were a senior in high school, that was what, 2018? And then Matt Gay, guys. Matt Gay had two seasons back to back. He holds the number three and number two. And then Riley Patterson last season, y'all, had the best season in the last four years for kicking field goals. And here are the guys that are just below you Keith Duncan, who's simple kicking zone from University of Iowa, Gay Burkich from Oklahoma, Rodrigo Blankenship after that. And Will, and then Dominic Eberly. Dude, you guys had baller seasons. Appreciate that. That's pretty cool. Thank you, man. Hopefully, we can we can keep it up. And then Braden Arvison, he had a great season this year. He finished just behind you, Will. Um, his thirteen of fourteen was nearly as strong as your your fourteen of fourteen. Uh, you performed. I mean, y'all literally had basically identical. Y'all were four field goals better than expected. Does that does that calculation kind of make sense, y'all? Like I understand y'all wreck y'all want to make every kick, but just to make fun of it, you know, fun for yeah. It's kind of how you do like uh, wins above replacement in baseball and things like. Okay, you hit a fifty-seven yard field goal this season that was in the fog at Florida. Will we talked about your fifty-two yard field goal? Is there one kick that really stands out to either of you that you're like? I will never forget either how I felt or we how cool Arkansas. that kick was. Um, it was like 28 degrees at 11 a.m. with no sun, and it was so cold. I've never been a game that cold before, and I remember it was like the first drive we had our offense stalled, and that didn't happen all year to where we hit a field goal on the first drive. And I went out there, I think it was like a 46 or something, and like hit it right down the middle, and it, it didn't go that far because it was so cold. But it felt so good off my foot, and I was that was pretty cool for me. I mean, I don't think I can really say anything other than the Florida kick this year. That was just a pretty crazy moment, and that's something I'll definitely never forget. Definitely wish it would have been a packed-out stadium that I could have done it in, but I can't complain for the situation we've been in. And that was – Definitely one of the coolest moments of my life so far. So, I think one of the most memorable games for me actually might have been the Ole Miss game at the end of our season this year. Um, a lot of things like we'll talk about. You don't know everything except for the stats you see. But that, but that leading up to that week, I didn't practice all week because I got sick twice, and then coming into the game. And warm-ups, I end up having to get multiple cortisone shots in my toe because still actually don't know what happened to it, but I think it was some type of turf toe that was causing my toe to swell up really bad every time I kicked the ball. So add that into pouring rain and about like 38 degrees, and it was miserable conditions. And at one point in the warm-ups, I thought I wasn't going to end up playing that last game. And – Sucked it up, got a couple shots throughout the game and ended up having – I went four for four, which is the best I've ever done in a game, and ended up hitting another 50-yarder while it was freezing cold and raining. And that that 50-yarder I hit, I remember going out there and saying, well, it's pouring rain, it's freezing cold, your toe is throbbing, and everything is kind of going against you. So kind of just like suck it up and go all out, all out for it. And like Will said, it didn't go very far, but it felt pretty good to make that. Dude, what a so you you were hurt, and you didn't practice that week, and you go out and go four for four with a fifty yarder. Yeah, that was like my uh, using Michael Jordan, my Michael Jordan flu game. It was a it was an interesting one. I actually just started recently kicking again from it because it just finally healed. 
Because actually the day I drove home that, that night and went to a Coles camp in Dallas the next morning, and I could barely walk. I had a splint in my shoe, had a boot and everything, and I couldn't even walk around. Because actually, that's the day I actually saw you um, at the end of the Coles camp. I don't know if you know this. I had a ginormous splint in my shoe, and I could barely walk. So, so when y'all are kicking on your on your own, right? You're you're improving at such a rapid pace, both of you guys. I mean, I'm really impressed, especially with the mental maturity that both of you guys have overcome. I mean, seriously, Cade, you are lucky that you had Zach von Rosenberg and Blake Ferguson to basically be big brother or, you know, Zach would be more appropriately like uncle. Um, <laughs> and then will you, I mean, look, I've, I've been a backup kicker. Okay. Uh, and, but I have not been a backup kicker who was injured <laughs> like you were. Who, did you have a guide along the way that, that helped you? Because your mental hurdle that you had to overcome the conflict that you had to jump over it's a steep right. slope. No, um, our long snapper Thomas Fletcher. He was a a junior when I came in. He just graduated this year. Uh, uh, has a pretty pretty good chance of getting drafted. Um, he definitely helped me a lot. Um, even throughout the recruiting process, kind of my guy that I went to and kind of the guy that helped mentor me. He was the leader of our specialist group and uh, really helped me a lot. But other than that, we really haven't had like a consistent punter since I've been here. I remember I. My freshman year, I started originally in the season at punting, and we had like four different guys punt my freshman year. This year, we had two different guys punt. So um, we haven't really had a guy um, that was like older than me at punter when I came in. Now we have a guy, Charlie Scott. He punted for the Air Force uh, for a few years and graduate transferred to Alabama, and we're hoping to see if he can get one more year left. But um, he's been huge too, just because, I mean, his brother, JK Scott, great punter in the league who, who played here. So, and he, he has a lot of experience at air force as well. So he's been really helpful that's as cool, well. Man. Those are your homies. You know, that's, that's who you got to look back at and say, you know what, those are the relationships that you'll always have. So another question that I have for you guys, again, this is this Will Riker that you just heard from. He was the kicker for the national championship winning Alabama Crimson Tide. Congratulations. And Cade York, who also won the national championship for the LSU Tigers. And then me, the runner-up for the LSU national champions in 2011. So this is uh, the, the champions podcast, not myself included. But I guess we've all won the SEC championship, so I'll, I'll throw my, my hat in that ring. Uh, whenever you guys are practicing on your own, do you guys chart your own kicks? Or what are you guys doing um, that that's particularly helpful from a charting um, perspective. I know at LSU, even like now, when we're just having like our players go out there on our own and do our own player on practices and stuff like that, um, we always end up doing something to either re just record ourselves personally on our phone and go back and just write notes about it in our notebook to chart ourselves whether we're doing because we're not to kicking a ton right now. We're not doing bunch of like charting sessions with like field goals we'll do like stuff like pole drill and different types of drills like around the world and stuff like that and we'll kind of just not necessarily chart at the moment but technique stuff and things we should work on because it's kind of like a rebuilding period of this uh the year and kind of more focused on what i need to work on and get better at the moment but definitely during the season when we have film it's all charting whether it's through the, po po um, the pro posts and stuff like that like ones and twos and all that stuff yeah when i when i go kick in the off season i actually haven't started kicking yet i just want to take some time off from the season i'm gonna uh kick for the first time tomorrow since the national championship game but um i'll probably start kicking once a week um after once we get into spring ball we start charting and stuff um, with the coaches, but um, throughout the summer, pretty much every time we go out and kick, um, we'll chart ourselves um, on a chart. Um, but we we don't really put where like the ball goes in. It's just like good or no good type thing. So we can kind of see like if we miss more from the left hash, or like if we need more work from a certain spot. 
Do you guys have any tendencies on, on your kicks? I'm pulling up um, – the reason I'm pulling this up is Harrison Bucker is probably my favorite kicker in the NFL, and this is his kicks from the Super Bowl. And this is the first kick was a 52-yarder. Uh, same spot that you guys have hit uh, plenty of times. Actually, uh, it was 49 left, so very similar. And the visual that's, that's on the screen is uh, where the ball crossed the uprights. Do you guys have any tendencies where you're all like, hey, I need to improve a little bit? I'll let this play. Sorry about yeah, being so choppy. Actually, our head trainer here is doing a, I guess you could say, research on all like kicker tendencies. And he went to like 5,000 kicks to like all like the current NFL kickers. And he came to me with the data actually about two hours ago and said that talking about how people are a lot more likely to miss on the right hash and the middle rather than missing from the left hash or kickers tend to at least. Um, and I wouldn't say necessarily I have a spot on the field that I feel is the weakest. Um, I know I have tendencies with ball flight sometimes. Um, and I went through a couple game phase where I had an issue with left hash for some reason, more just a mental block my freshman year that I got over. Um, I know as a righty kicker, it's supposed to be you're more accurate from the left hash because we have a tendency to draw right to left, which is better for left hash than it is right hash because you have a tendency to pull. Um, but I would feel, honestly, sometimes I feel I hit my best balls from the right hash just because you feel like you can really get into them just visually-wise because you the way you see it. Um, but tendency-wise, I don't think I have a necessarily tendency based on the hash at the moment of what's better or worse. But when y'all get nervous, do y'all, like, say from that left hash, do y'all aim a little bit farther to the right because you have that right-to-left draw? On a long kick sometimes for me, I will. Yeah, I'll say the same. On a longer kick, I usually aim a little bit more right-middle so I can try to get – all of it and if i pull it a little bit then yep. it is what it is so they're these nfl kickers outside of week one they had an incredible season but i think what what's cool about this graphic this is 739 field goals that are tracked um for the most part what you see here in the nfl is that these there's very few like shanks like you've got maybe one or one two three those are probably from longer kicks oh, barely anyone short in field goals too Nine kicks were short out of 739. I think four of those might have been sly. They put them up for, what, like two 65-yard field goals? Yeah. He almost made that one, too. I mean, that was... Mm-hmm. What do y'all have to do to get to the next level? I think um, two things for both of us staying healthy and just keep our mental game improving. I feel like we both have that, that leg strength and the leg talent. Just keep him performing. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I would also say, like, I don't really worry about that kind of thing too much. Um, I'm more try to set like more short shorter goals, I guess, to like in order to get there. So like, setting a goal to like, I don't know, go in and hit a certain number in the weight room or, um hit a ball, hit your A-plus ball like nine out of ten times, that kind of thing, and then let the let the results speak, speak for himself, more more like process-oriented instead of result. So you're, te- you're telling me that the process is more important than the results? For sure. Why is the process more important than the results? If you have the right process, it's going to lead you to the results that you want, but Sometimes you can get like a good result, but like it's not going to be consistent because you didn't have the right process to get there. In other words, every blind squirrel finds a nut. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, this has been so much fun. You two are not blind squirrels. You guys just keep it simple, right? I mean, I don't, I haven't heard anything here that's rocket science. Kicking is really not rocket science. It's like there's different people that have different like techniques and everything, but like there's kind of like the same certain principles like that you have to have like ball contact, um, like your plant foot can't, like it has to be in the right spot. There's like certain things that you can mess with, 
but at the same time, like if you were to sit someone down and like explain to them, like how to be a good kicker, it wouldn't, it's not like something that's like complex. It's sim- it's simple. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's simple. It's hard, but it's still simple. Like it's not complicated if that makes sense. I think kicking is a very, it's technical, but it's not the fact that the techniques are hard. It's just being able, the hard part is repeating them and staying consistent with them. And that's what Will was saying. It's simple, but it, it's a hard thing to do because I, one of the things I want to work on this coming into the next year, speaking of the process is eliminating just that one ugly ball that comes out every 15, 20, 30 kicks, because I mean, if you have four ugly balls in a season that just come out, no, you can hit 15 really great ones, but you still miss four. Um, I think that that might've been my issue this year, because other than the Auburn one that I missed, I hit pretty well, but I just pushed it a little bit. Uh, the miss I had against Missouri and A&M were just two ugly kicks that honestly I hadn't seen all year and they just came out of nowhere. Um, and that's where just a small thing of not being repeatable and consistent. Like it's really a game of inches when it comes to kicking and not being able to repeat that because my plant foot in the A&M game was an inch too far to the left and I just yanked the crap out of it left and in the Missouri game, I got my knees separated probably a couple inches too much, and I just smoked the middle of the ball. So I think it's definitely simple because you can just go look at it as, like, okay, that's what I did wrong kind of thing. But it's different when you get in the moment. And you have to just do it and get to the point where you can do it without having to think about it all the time. Hey, you're the one that's putting the brown ball through the white pipes. White pipes. <laughs> white pipes. It gets to the point where – Weird not catching through H's at uh, LSU. Well, cool stuff, man. This was this was a fun podcast. I'm happy we did it. Yeah. No doubt. Thanks for having me. This was a national champion roundtable. It was an SEC West roundtable. It was a SEC roundtable. But better, it was two of the best on the Simple Kicking Index. Will Reichard from the University of Alabama and Cade York from LSU. Can we all agree on this one saying, roll tigers? No doubt. <laughs> hey guys, this is James. Thanks for sticking around. Here's a question I wanted to leave out of the meat of the podcast. Would you rather get stuck in an elevator with Ed Orgeron, who just had five energy drinks, or Scott Cochran, who just had five energy drinks? I would say Coach Cochran, personally, because I know him a little bit better, but... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Congress, so I'm going to say Coach O, but that'd be kind of scary still.